Teeny episode 79. On today's show, Simone shares the details of an infomercial she appeared in. Stephanie employs various skills and technology to call in sick to work. And Christian men struggle to survive the onslaught of Beyonce's booty. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Simone. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. Thank you, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm dog sick. I've been sick for like four days now, and it was Friday and Monday I called in sick, and it actually is nerve-wracking for me to call in because I want to act sick. I want to sound sufficiently sick, but when you talk to your yes. bosses, you tend to be perky, and so... Um, yes. Yeah, I've taken to emailing in sick lately. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that almost seems like you're avoiding letting exactly, them hear the sick. Just... <laughs> So there's that whole conundrum to add to it too. So um, yeah, because I we usually text like me and the the uh, immediate two people I work with. We just kind of text the situation. But uh, yeah, and a lot of it sometimes it's not audible sicknesses. So, but I made a mistake because I was sick two weeks ago, which is why we didn't have an episode. Mm -hmm. And um, and I. uh, and I guess so we already had, it was already Martin Luther King Day, which we already had off. So I was just sick the whole long weekend, which was sad. Oh. And then I took the day after the long weekend, the Tuesday off. So I'm like having a five-day weekend now, yeah. but I'm sick the whole time. So it's not even fun. And I don't know if my boss came in that day, but then I was back in on Wednesday and he wasn't there. And then when, by the time he came in on Thursday, he came in all like, how are you? But I'd forgotten that I was sick. That's so fine. I was like, I'm fine, Philip. You're looking at me like you think I'm going to like give birth any minute. I've still got four months to go. <laughs> don't worry and I gave him this whole thing and then later I was like oh he must have been like asking about my sickness and now I'm just acting like I don't know what he's talking about (laughs) that's so weird because that's what my boss did two weeks ago when I called in sick on a Monday and on Thursday she's like how are you feeling I'm like fine oh okay (laughs) I was like do I I look like I'm I'm about to lose it mentally or what No, it's like I would have flimmed it up if I was sort of, you know, on the ball. But yeah, but it was like it was two days removed. I felt fine by then, you know, except for the (laughs) occasional hack, which was not impeding my day at all. So I definitely understand your problem. Yeah, I'm at the end of the sickness where I'm kind of hacky, but I'm feeling mostly okay. But then I'll just sneeze really randomly (laughs) and violently and like make myself really scared and then sad. (laughs) (laughs) Also, when you do that sneeze, like you felt f- pretty fine, and then everything fills back up again. Yeah, you're like, blows. hey, that feels. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, but it's good because I, it's good when you get one of those right before you were gonna call in. Blow your nose, and then you sound fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I need to just really work it up. Um, yeah, do you yeah. have the problem, we both are the oldest and we have little sisters, do you have the problem where you're annoyed by your sister's sneezes? Because I have that problem. Yes. <laughs> and I think she's, she's got to be annoyed by you. mine too, but there's there's something that she does whenever she sneezes that makes me want to go, well, I used to say this, I used to go, stop it! <laughs> As if she could help it. Well, I don't think I don't think it was all through childhood. I think just in, in her full-grown adult 
body. <laughs> she's just got more capacity for 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 just holding this horrendous sneeze. And she inherited it from my mum because <laughs> my mum also has this. I don't think I have it. I mean, you know, I I think I sneeze loudly. I'm not one of those. <clears throat> <laughs> I hate that too. I feel like just what do you they just seem really oppressed somehow. Those people are just uh, yeah. going, That's like, not satisfying that? at all. Yeah, because so so like I think that's probably just like the sneeze is just coming like just from barely the, the throat area, like that's all the air that's involved. Whereas yeah. for me I feel like it's a whole lung thing. And for my mom and my sister, I feel it's like a whole guttural you know, stomaching. <laughs> my dad too, I think, but I think really? my mom. I feel like my mom sneezes more, and that's why it's more obvious. But yeah, but when Bunyan sneezes, like, <laughs> I just, like I'm just like I just like it's actually just yelled in my ear. So yes. when the, somebody yells, I want to say, "Shut up!" I no, I feel like I but, just got <laughs> like punched in the head with no warning. <laughs> yeah, and it's like it's just so hard not to say anything because I know she can't help. It's just what? the way it comes out. But yeah, um, I don't feel like I'm throwing her under the bus because I've told her this before. Yeah, my sister <laughs> so totally I can't does. help it. I'm like, I know. I know. Yeah. So, but I, 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 she hasn't complained about mine. I don't think mine are as bad, but maybe it's like a snoring thing where you don't think that you do it. Exactly. But I don't. I really Doesn't don't think that I'm, I'm. I don't that. know why it bothers yeah. you. <laughs> oh boy. Well, on the subject of other bodily functions, just before we started recording, I was just preparing the document, opening my links, getting all ready, and then I heard that. Horrible sound that any cat owner hates, which is. Uh oh. Oh no. And I looked over, and Marnie was like on this rug in this room, like starting to go for it. But I, I triumphantly ushered her out of the room and onto the hardwood floor. And I was just like, and then she let it all out. And I was like, yes! By ushered, so, you mean like kicked or swiftly like swooped up? Or did you just kind of gesture towards the door? What do you mean by ushered her onto the hardwood? Well, it, I have to be very careful because another time she did this in the, in this, in the doorway of this very room, this carpeted room, I ran towards her too quickly to usher her out. And it got she got scared. And she ran behind this whole display case we have with our, with our record player and our stereo and a bunch of records. So she puked behind there and it was it was a 25 minute ordeal because I had to like then remove all these records from a shelf so I could then climb on my stomach to get behind to where the vomit was. And then I mopped it up. And then in the process, I hit my head oh. and um, Birdsworth was back there and he got scared and he ran and then he pulled the cable out by accident from running. And then um, I had had to like find this cable and then replug the internet back in. So it was like a 25 minute ordeal wow. because I scared the cat too much when I noticed <laughs> it was trying to get her just out of the room. So <laughs> so this time I just kind of like slowly went over to her and just kind of like put my my hands on her <laughs> hips and just kind of like nudged her along oh, gently okay. until I got her outside. So yeah, so success. Uh, it was easily mopped up from the hardwood floor by Greg. Thank you, Greg. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> I've, but, yeah. I've been over there when she's puked before, and he's like, Oh, honey, oh, <laughs> you kids it all out. Like, he's really sweet with her when the cat's barking. Yeah, yeah, he is. It's great when Birdsworth vomits her because she eats it. Oh, so. my God. <laughs> <laughs> and I always talk about how she really wants a hot meal. <laughs> horrible for doing it. I'm like, she wants it. I want it. Let this happen. So it just makes the cleanup a lot easier, especially if it's on the carpet. So, oh my gosh, yeah, so Birdsworth but... doesn't eat her puke though? No, no, she only eats eats his puke. That's she doesn't so eat her own puke. She only eats his. But Birdsworth <laughs> won't eat hers? 
No, no, never has. <laughs> He's just, very dignified. I was at my friend Heather Bell's house, and um, she had two Basset hounds, and one puked. And I was like, oh, sick. And she goes, don't worry, Lucy will take care of it. And Lucy, the other Basset hound, was like, arf, arf, and just slurped it up. And I had to go into the, like, kitchen and dry heave over the sink. <laughs> I could not believe it. And she laughed so hard at me the whole time. <laughs> it's pretty horrendous. It's just like all the all the dignity and, you know, royalty you project onto a cat goes right out the window when you see her eating vomit. Oh, I can only imagine. <laughs> oh, jeez. So on the weekend, um, I went to San Francisco because uh, Greg and Tim Heidecker were doing some shows. So um, anyway, so before the show, there was um, there was like all this food backstage and there was like a brie. And I was like, I love brie, but you're not supposed to eat soft cheese when you're pregnant. So I was like, damn it. I was so sad that I couldn't eat the brie. I know it's a dumb rule. Like, who even thought of that? Like, what's what's the deal with that? It's because it's unpasteurized, but, <laughs> but like, you're not gonna get sick. So, but I still didn't I know. eat it anyway. I thought I know. of having a little. I know. I nearly had a little piece, and then uh, it wasn't even soft yet. So I was like, there's no point even struggling with this brie that's not as enjoyable because oh it's not soft yet. So, but yeah. anyway. Um, but there was another block of cheddar just next to it. So I started eating that and it was really yummy. So I was like, yay. So I just kept eating that. And then this guy brought um, a burrito from my favorite burrito place in San Francisco oh. called Taqueria Cancun. And um, yeah, so I ate that. And then I went and watched the show. And anyone looking at me might have thought, gee, that's a, that's a you know, a nice, well put together lady i wonder what wonder what she's thinking well what i was thinking was hmm, can't wait to get backstage and have more of that cheese seriously <laughs> so i really wanted to go back and have the cheese anyway and then during tim's set you know i can't remember what prompted it oh, but no. um he was talking about something going on backstage and then he just he said something about he, he said something about throwing something across the room or throwing food across the room and then i see this this orange block just fly across the room and I laughed. I was like, ha ha ha. Oh, that's my cheese. Oh, <laughs> I was really sad. What the hell? Because I saw your tweet about it. I was like, was this some kind of Gallagher bit or what is he doing? Wasting. Yeah, I forget cheese. the lead up to it, but yeah, it so I just traumatic. remember like laughing and then thinking, oh, that's my cheese. So oh. that was a, that was a small tragedy. Did you but, try to go um, retrieve it and like? like carve all the outside rind off it <laughs> I might have considered that I don't have that what's that thing that pregnant women get where they want to eat dirt I don't have that so oh, no yeah pika <laughs> I think or maybe that's pika. eating poop or, or maybe that's dirt I forget I think or pika is what they eat yeah anyway I don't have that so yes I wasn't, well, okay. but I didn't think <laughs> about it sign. and I kept complaining about it he's like I'll get you more cheese <laughs> <laughs> did he no he did not <laughs> but yeah anyway um but anyway we so we had just like a couple days in san francisco and then we uh um uh we wanted to get the hell out of there well greg had to do he does this halftime show at the cha-cha for the super bowl so in la oh. so we had to get back in time for him to do that so instead of whatever halftime show is oh, they cool. cut the they 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 turn the sound down and they have neil hamburger and a couple other acts to fill the the halftime show oh. so it's like the third year it's the that, ideal that halftime up. show i wish they could nationally yeah, yeah. televise that that's terrible that i know <laughs> I know, but it's funny because a couple of years ago, I think when the Black Eyed Peas were on, they, oh. uh, there were these people there who didn't know about Neil Hamburg or anything, and they were just like so mad that the sound was off because they wanted to watch the Black Eyed Peas. <laughs> I bet they like, were. Like, you idiots. You came Can to the you wrong bar. Can you imagine that like, whoever loves the Black Eyed Peas 
hates Neil Hamburger, and whoever loves Neil oh, Hamburger yeah. would hate the Black Eyed Peas. So it's like the perfect storm. Yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, I think they just win the wrong place for the, for them. They're like, I wouldn't normally expect a Black Eyed Peas fan to be at the Cha Cha, but anyway, yeah, yeah they were just like normal, normal mainstream people. But um. Anyway, so we raced back, but we, you know, we definitely, aside from having to be back for that, we didn't want to be involved in uh, any of that. We'd still be in San Francisco and the fucking riot started if uh, if uh, oh. the 49ers won. But And I was just so going for the Ravens, even though I don't care at all about football, just because <laughs> I just didn't want San Francisco to win because uh, they already won the fucking uh, World Series. So I'm like, they're not having the Super Bowl and the World Series in a matter of months. So fuck that shit. And so I was like, Ravens, Ravens, Ravens. Ravens and actually we went to a restaurant and the game was nearly over and I was like actually faced the screen which I never do because I just pay no attention wow. but I'm like ah! so it's fun to like get excited in in hate <laughs> yeah that's the only thing that really so, motivates me either because yeah. I hated both those coaches because they were brothers and they like have these oh, really? red, angry faces yeah the coach for the Ravens and then the coach for the 49ers they're, they're brothers they're named Jim and John Harbaugh and they look like assholes and David says they are assholes like anytime the press talks to them they're just <laughs> angry and and so like you got to see them I think it was the 49ers coach just several times like he's wearing his pleated khakis with his tucked in polo and he's like throwing this giant tantrum and like slamming his clipboard around and I'm like oh fuck that guy I hope that team loses even though I love San Francisco just on general principle I'm like I hope he loses yeah. so good yeah. Um, yeah yeah there could be no winners for me though because they're both coached by the assholes <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But then um, at halftime, um, I yes. was getting a lot of mileage out of how the Christians on Twitter were tweeting about how godly men would leave the room as not to see anything <laughs> suggestive that Beyonce was doing. And and yeah, it's hysterical because this is this dynamic is so familiar to me because when I was growing up, my family would watch Star Search. And do you remember Star Search? Did you guys have that? Was, we didn't. We may have had a, an equivalent, but I don't think we had the American Star Search. Oh, okay. So. Yeah, this was hosted by Ed McMahon. Right. <laughs> Very awkwardly bumbling host. He would, and, you know, he would bring out, you know, a supermodel like for some kind of thing every in every show, and so it would be this total kind of like softcore thing set to "Cold as Ice" by Billy Idol or something like that. And um, my dad and my brother would leave the room at that time so that they wouldn't be tempted to lust after the swimsuit video or something like that like Man. it's such i know it's such a christian culture thing and it's, even then i thought it was pretty silly and and so um, it just kind of make a big a, a bigger deal out of it in them doing that oh and like what do they do do they just kind of wait around the corner and like have a chat like what goes on in that oh, downtime like jerking like, off come on <laughs> I know, they're like, we have some private time. So I was like looking for everything I could and these guys were like, Yeah, I went and I went and played fetch with the dog in the backyard and I'm like, Oh, is that what they're calling it now? <laughs> but they're all talking about what they did and you know, to not watch Beyonce and then um, there were all these girls going, I just applaud all of you guys that left the room. You guys are godly. <laughs> it's just wow. so silly and you saw some of the tweets because you were saying they were pretty egregious, huh? 
Yeah, yeah. It was so miserable. It's just like, you know, I think because both of us have husbands who just aren't that easily phased by a woman with some skin. You know, like, so it's like the idea that such such a production has to be made to avoid this lust is just so fucking pathetic. You know, it's nothing, nothing commendable about it. If anything, it feeds. I mean, that's how you create a fetish is you deprive yourself of something that you have a natural compulsion to. So that's all we're doing. (sighs) Yeah. So that's just really, really sad. Yeah, there was someone who was saying, Beyonce is not a Christian. I can tell. You know, (laughs) why are we glorifying this horrible thing? And I'm like, oh, but it's okay to glorify violence. You know, like these head injuries are happening right and left. But as soon as Beyonce gets out there, like what's better? (laughs) Yes. Violence and greed and all kinds of things are glorified in in the whole Super Bowl. Bowl. Everyone enjoying the ads. I mean, what is that? This $3.4 million spent so someone can advertise to you and you don't find that fucking repulsive. Exactly. You know? It's just, you know, you can if you if you're gonna go there, really go there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, good point. Wait. So Lolly, my seventh, my now she's eight years old. Um, I've been meaning yes. to tell you, she's decided that she is now a vegetarian. <laughs> yes, I saw this on the document. You may have seen my note. You're like, what <laughs> the fuck? <laughs> her, her and I was friend. like, I wanted to ask you right away. I was like, no, no, I'll wait for the show because I'm fascinated about child vegetarians. So I know. Please tell well, me. It's pretty Go, cute. Start um, from the top. It's completely peer influenced because her best friend Coco, um, her family is is almost vegan. Like they don't eat, they right. eat very little meat. They'll eat fish, you know. But um, they they're very much into like no gluten, you know, a lot of soy, um, everything's organic, you know. Um, they can totally afford to eat this way too. Like it's no object. Right. They go to Whole Foods and just like buy. Like probably four thousand dollars a month. I would say their grocery budget is. I'm not exaggerating. Good lord. I know it's nuts. So anyway, um, we've watched Super Size Me with her, and and um, Coco showed her uh, Food Inc. or what are knives and forks? Or I'm getting the names wrong. Forks over knives. Yeah, that one. And so Lola's yeah. like, "That's it. I am not eating any meat anymore. I am a vegetarian." And so we're like, "All right." All right, you know, wow. and so I know, and so David's trying to, um, you know, she'll eat a lot of macaroni and cheese, and we told her last night, yeah. we're like, you're more like a noodletarian because here's some salad yeah. that you won't eat, <laughs> but you're just only eating noodles and pasta, and um, so we're trying to use it as a way to get her to eat some more vegetables, but um, mainly, I think it's just another way for her to be really picky because if she's in the mood right. to eat some chicken, then she'll eat it, but most right, of the time right. she's like, ah, oh, I am not eating that. I'm a vegetarian, you know. She feels very. Oh. Pr- bold about it's really cute so how um, long has this been going on for it's been about a week about a week yeah not too long and and has it been like a pain in terms of like trying to make food and stuff or i mean because i guess she already kind of was a pain she was already a pain i I think our consensus has been like she's just found one more way to make it even more difficult when we thought it couldn't be any more difficult to feed her um, yeah 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 Thing you is. just, I mean, it depends because uh, I know, like, when I go on work trips with my with my coworker, she's saying how easy I am to eat with, even though I'm a vegetarian. Because, yeah. I mean, she has other friends who are who are omnivores who are just like, oh, they don't like spicy food and they don't like this and they don't really like exactly. pasta. It's like, whereas I'll eat any cuisine as long as I don't have to have meat. So I'm actually pretty, you know, if there's the one thing on the menu, you know, I'll mostly just suck it up and eat it. You know, so yeah, no, you're um, the easiest. Yes. You guys are the easiest vegan vegetarians I've ever. Met. Thank sure. you. Like, thank and you, you don't care if the food has been like 
if meat has been cooked on the grill that your vegetarian food has been cooked on. I know a lot of people who have a problem with that, but you guys don't seem to have a problem with that, do you? I think I would if I knew it. Like, if well, there's a place uh, that we used to eat at, and we ate at the um, counter once, mm-hmm. and we could see all the food getting cooked, and Greg could see his oh. stuff getting cooked right where the bacon had been, and it kind of bummed him out, so he hasn't really gone back since. But oh, it's a yeah. case of not seeing it, you know what I mean? It's like sure. you can't control every kitchen everywhere you go, right. so you do your best. But I think when he knows for a fact that that's how it's being done, it kind of put him off. But um, I have less of a less of a problem with that. But obviously, if I saw it, I'd be kind of grossed out by it. So yeah, yeah, it just it just depends. But um, but yeah, but um, but if she wants like like other meat things, you should try like at Trader Joe's. They have like fake chicken strips and stuff that are pretty inexpensive. So yeah, um, you, you know, if she's just eating mac and cheese, yeah. um, that would be a good way to get some protein in a um, you know, garden burgers or, or Boca meat. burgers, I guess, would probably be. Yeah, well, there's so many different types of veggie burger that you could actually, you know, if she likes variety, just try different ones because there's so many. Like, you get ones that are more lentily and others that are more, like, fake meaty and stuff. So, you know, that's a yeah. whole fun world to explore. Yeah. So, um, yeah. But just at the very least, like, cheap Trader Joe's, uh, those those chicken strips, I think they're beef strips as well that you can oh. incorporate. So, yeah, I, I recommend that for oh. A young starting out last like herself. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'll be curious to see, to see how long, how long this will last. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It might be forever. Yes. Yeah, you never know. I mean, it's you know, it starts out I think simple sometimes, and then people just stick with it, you know. But you know, then again, they don't. You never know. <laughs> but I look forward to uh, hearing this ongoing story. <laughs> yeah, it's just so cute to hear her go. I'm a vegetarian in her little voice. Yes. You know? <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Um, so the other day I got an email that is typical of emails I get from Christian people who grew up Christian and were very um, sheltered from sex or sex ed and told to um, wear a purity ring, that sort of thing. So I want right. to share this insane email with you because I get these from time to time and um, it just deserves to be read. Um, I changed it up some identifying details, but here's, here's what it said. Um, Dear Stephanie, I married someone recently who didn't save his virginity for me. He had sex with his ex-girlfriend, but I married him anyway. But whenever I hear her name, I burst into tears and I cannot stop shaking. And she has a common name that I must hear all the time. So every time I hear it, my heart breaks all over again. The end. (laughs) I know. I just thought that was kind of nutty. And she, she's saying that she grew up with this true love waits thing. And so, um, yeah she waited for him but she's like is dealing with this heartbreak and and it seems a little um disproportionate maybe compared to how she can't even hear this girl's name like one time yeah yeah she says shaking so yeah well it sounds like it's new so i would hope after time that that would wear off yeah you know and you know and i've had some jealousy issues in the past that have worn off over time Uh, but um yeah, so I, I can kind of understand it, but um, yeah, it just you know I think I think it'll probably just go in waves, you know. But I think she just has to focus on on you know. I, that's, that's that's what I hate about this whole waiting thing is it just kind of I think it just puts all this importance in the wrong places, exactly. you know. Exactly. Yeah. And back to the Beyonce Super Bowl tweets, like the importance in the wrong place. It's like, come on, you people. Yes. Yeah, because you put it all like it has to be about this one thing, and if somebody breaks that, now you've potentially ruined what could be a perfectly beautiful and great 
lifelong relationship because you're at you've at, you've put all this importance on one person that the other person didn't feel. But does it mean that that person is completely committed to the other person? You know? Yeah. So yeah, that makes me really sad. I know that you know. Yeah. So I want the word to get out so, that this is part of the damage that can be done that they don't tell you about. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying that because of that, everyone has to, you know, denounce that that choice to wait and just be like, you know, uh, you know, you, you know, like just you've got to fuck beforehand or, or you're stupid. <laughs> I'm just saying that you, you need to be open to the fact that it's not the end of the world if that doesn't work out. Yeah. You know, I think I think that's that's probably the lesson from that. Yeah. So I think you're right. Yeah. It would be nice, but you know, yeah. reality is, is a bitch. <laughs> and, a, really and the is. bitch's name is <laughs> Whatever that girl's name is. So yeah. Yeah, that's sad. That makes me really sad. No. But I hope I hope it'll it's new, so I, I have exactly. I have hope that she'll it'll just get better over time. Yeah. So and and you know, and she probably I mean I hate to say it, since she's only been with her husband for such a short time, she's still building that relationship at the same time. So the more that that strengthens, the weaker the past the power of the past will oh, be. So good. That's really yeah. good. I'll tell her that. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. Mm. Um well, thank you for sharing that. That was uh, I was curious about that on the document. Yeah, I bet. Um, now we had a listener messages on uh, Twitter a few weeks ago, and I forgot to mention it, saying that they've been trying to post a review on iTunes for us, and it just wouldn't work. And I looked, and there was no new reviews. And iTunes is just fucked. So anyone who's tried to leave us a review and it hasn't worked, thank you so much. But we have no control over how that works. It's a completely external system so and they don't carry it because they don't make any money off podcasts it's just sort of like a it's more like a database is really what it is you know it it's, is. They, don't, they don't host anything they just it's all it's like a listing and you can access it via that that portal so uh anyway so thank you listener who tried to leave us uh, uh a review and anyone else who has tried but yeah it just seems like quite a quite a cock up so I'm just not putting as much stock in it since I know how fucked it is but if you'd like to try please try now I've just discouraged anyone from even trying so <laughs> seriously yeah um, now we had a couple of listener texts uh, we had one text and one voicemail to, uh, to follow up on the text was um, from listener Josh H he says, hey, Simone and Steph, I've recently been enjoying your podcast, but I have one complaint. How could you talk about Danny Kaye to such great lengths without men mentioning his two best movies, The Inspector General and The Secret Life of Walter Mitty? Um, by the way, I'm in my mid-twenties and I too love Danny Kaye. I know it can be nice to know you're not alone in your suffering. Aww. So I love that. He's in his twenties and he likes sweet. Danny Kaye. Because I'm just so worried about the future and, and Josh, you've just, you've just helped with that. So, um, uh, yeah. But I have, I think I've seen the Inspector General once years ago and I, I haven't seen The Secret Life of Walter Mitty. So that's why I hadn't mentioned it. But I actually forgot to mention my, my other favorite Danny Kaye movie, which is Hans Christian Andersen. I love oh. that movie. You should show that to the kids if they I haven't should. seen it. If you haven't seen it i love that movie so um yeah i played some songs from it uh, in the edit so uh, oh, uh under the under the episode but uh, but yeah so sorry i didn't mention mention those but it was more about the tragedy of the danny k film festival than uh, reviewing his his body of work it but was um, tragic. yeah yes but thank you for 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 sending your text and uh and uh, letting us know you're a Danny Kay fan. Uh, if you'd like to send a text or call the dong line, it's 323-301-DONG. 
And uh, yeah, and we also had a had a voicemail from listener Stacy. Hi, Stephanie. This is Stacy. Um, I just wanted to share something with you. Um, I was out running errands the other day, and I was in line at Target. And this woman I'd never seen before just sort of, like, snuck in line behind me and kind of brushed up against me. And um, she's like, oh, I'm so sorry. Excuse me. And, and she's standing there, and I can tell she's feeling really kind of agitated and panicky. And she says... I'm, I'm so sorry, I'm just, she said, I just had to move to your line because I know this sounds really terrible, but there's this couple in line, a couple rows down, and I just, oh, I just can't, I can't handle talking to them, like, oh, I just, I can't, and she said every time she runs into them, it's like an hour of conversation, and she's like, I'm so sorry, I just, oh, they're just, they're perfectly nice people, it's, they're, they're not bad people, I, I'm the bad person, and I was trying to reassure her that she's not a bad person, she just, you know, doesn't feel like talking to them, or doesn't, you know, can't really handle it, or doesn't have time for it, and, but for me, I guess, I see it as, now, as just avoiding a situation that is going to cause me anxiety, and so I see it as a form of like self-care, of taking care of myself. But I do remember I, I did used to feel guilty about it. I used to think I was a bad person. I used to think that I was being mean or cruel. And I think part of that is maybe being raised in Christian culture where I was supposed to be 100% super nice 100% of the time. So I wondered if, um, either of you had ever had that feeling oh i totally agree with that i remember like hiding in the in the back of a van like when we pulled up to someone's house like this was someone from church actually and i was like oh i don't want to deal uh-huh. with her this is in high school and i dove yeah. into the back of the van and everyone's like what's the matter <laughs> like she's yeah. a bitch <laughs> just, just in general and i've like hid behind poles before <laughs> Wow. I know. Like, I just remember going, oh my God, I don't want to talk to that person. And I literally hid behind a pole until they went by. So, wow. Um, cool. Yeah, it's just. I don't that, think it has to do with Christian culture because I might not. totally agree with that. And I don't, I haven't got that Christian culture influence. I think it's just if you're. If, I, think if you're I think it's a social anxiety problem, you know? Like, I don't think it's a. You know, maybe that may, may make you feel like you need to be nicer, but I think, you know, the guilt that comes with that, I think you just feel like this person isn't doing anything wrong and I don't want to talk to them. Mm. So I, I just think it's, for me, it's a social anxiety thing. Like, I'm not ready to have this have a conversation with this person right now I don't know this yeah. person well enough to just have a catch up I know I I like dotted my eyes and kind of kept walking if I saw someone I knew a little bit but I knew we'd have to acknowledge each other mm-hmm. I've like tried to avoid that avoid people sometimes in that situation but not like a close friend but um, someone I don't know well enough to just say oh hey I gotta go I'll talk to you later you know what yeah. I mean so um, yeah but it's awkward I totally relate to that that, that lady wanting to do that Hmm. But I don't think. I mean, what about because you're talking about people who are mean? What about doing with people who are nice? Do you have you ever avoided people who are nice who you have no problem with? Oh yeah, like they're almost worse. <laughs> oh, <laughs> because yeah. I mean, if you think that they're gonna talk for a long time, like it's that sort of thing where you're like, ah, I don't. Yeah, I just don't think I could 
get it up for that long to talk to this person. I feel like I've done yeah. that a lot, but I, ha I can't think of any specific instances except for um, one of my, okay, some friends we knew were getting divorced, and it was one of those situations where you kind of hear so much about the other person that you automatically take, you know, the side of the person who's been ta talking to you. And right. so I remember seeing this girl out at a party who, you know, was getting divorced from my friend. And she's like, hi, Stephanie. And I totally just walked right past her without even looking at her. I know. It was like ice cold, right? So that wasn't very fair of me. And, like, I made it up to her later. Like, I told her I was sorry a few months later wow. after I heard some more of the, of the whole story. So, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's one yeah, time I can remember. For me, I just feel like it's just avoiding my social anxiety and not... It's just like, it's like, oh gosh, I was just walking down the street and now I have to feel like I feel at a party. You know, mm -hmm. like I just uh -huh. I wasn't ready for that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't have a drink in my hand. Yeah, I need to be prepared for that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm not ready to like put on my jolly face and and make chit chat. So, <laughs> yeah, that's, that takes some effort too, especially if you're And an it's introvert. always awkward too, like if it's in the supermarket or something, because you kind of want to just keep doing your thing. Oh, I hate when you bump into someone in the supermarket. And you have a little chit chat, and then you say bye, and you're and still both shopping, them. and you keep bumping into each other, and you have to keep like half acknowledging each other, but it's like, <laughs> we're done here. I hate we're that. Done here. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, and I could love this person, but it's just like we're not hanging out anymore, so, but we know each other, so we can't just walk by. Oh, that's the I absolute know. worst. <laughs> I think I said, I feel like I said recently, like I saw like another, um, like a soccer mom. <laughs> I'm a soccer mom. I saw another <laughs> soccer mom at the grocery store, and like, um, I knew that I could kind of anticipate that thing was going to happen where we'd walk around and keep seeing each other, so I was like, Okay, I guess I better keep going, but I'm sure I'll see you around the store a few more times before we check oh. out. Like, I think I kind of brought it into the conversation to lessen the awkwardness. That's She's good. like, oh, okay. And, like, she knew that that was kind of how it would have, how it would go yeah. down. I still don't know if he can really, even even having acknowledged that, though I think that was brilliant, I still don't <laughs> see how that would still uh, prevent the whole weird grin and keep moving thing. Ugh, it didn't, because every time I saw her, I kind of do the cheesy, hey, <laughs> I knew I'd yeah. see you again, I'd hate myself, you know. So. Oh, God damn it. <laughs> so anyway, well, I don't blame this woman at all for wanting to avoid any of this shit, and no, nobody should feel bad, because you know, everybody, I think, has to go through this at some point. <laughs> totally. <sighs> now, um, last week, I was talking to somebody... And they were telling me about someone they had to deal with on a date. And just, they were talking about how that person, but they were trying to get to their house and they were just getting directions. But the person was blabbing so much, just blab, 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 that after, she, like, while she was still giving the directions, that the guy kept going and remained lost for like 20 oh. more minutes than he needed to because he wouldn't stop talking. And, and the thing is, like, I was like, that sounds really fucking annoying. The thing is that, the person who's telling me this story does the same shit herself so, <laughs> so i was just like oh i know it's just like somebody comes to you and they're asking you for help and you give it to them and they just keep talking and just repeating the problem over and over and they just don't want to hear what you have to say oh, and this is me no. thinking oh maybe this is an opportunity for for me to maybe make them think about what they do and um <laughs> But and, I didn't uh, pick up on it at all, did I? <laughs> uh, no, you didn't. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, 
But uh, yeah, but I, she, didn't, she just didn't get it at all because even that whole conversation continued in much the same way she was just complaining about her own. Oh, so, um, you know, but it's just like you look at it like, oh, maybe I can kind of educate this person, maybe, maybe make this person be introspective about their own behavior. And I try to be introspective about my behavior. And I actually, there's somebody else who I know complains about other people that <laughs> in the office that do stuff. And I know exactly that they're saying, talking, referring to things I do. Oh, but I just wow. Go, oh, yeah, yeah, I know. Oh, yeah, that sucks. Like, I just, but I don't get too carried away in my agreement. I just, like, acknowledge it. It's like, oh, yeah. And I totally know they're talking about me. But what am I going to fucking do? Say, wow. I know you're talking about me. So, uh, in this case, I know it's blatantly obvious. But um, oh, I just, what funny. can I do? I just have to keep rolling with it and, you know, try and, you know, work around it. Well, that but I wonder if it's awesome, any other time. I think yeah, that yeah, it's like that's like what I'm doing. They're just doing it to me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to get the message across. I hear your message, but yeah, <laughs> what am I gonna do? So, um, I wonder if any if it's happening any other times more subtle than than than, oh. than that incident. You know what I mean? That's and, my and biggest people, fear. I totally think about that. Yeah, <laughs> wonder what I people, don't pick up on that everyone yeah. knows except for me. People telling me right to my fucking face that I'm annoying or I do something really fucked and I just don't get it. I, I, I'd like to think not because I think, you know, I'm more, uh, you know, as I said, introspective than, than, you know, self-reflective than other people. But I don't know. Maybe I still miss it, you know. But just me considering that makes me awesome. So. <laughs> Bob's your uncle. Bob's my uncle. So, Yeah. Um, now, I sent you a link during the week. You did. Um, <laughs> to your infomercial. Listener, I was in an infomercial. Long ago, before I even moved to L.A., I, when I first discovered infomercials, it was a dream of mine to, to be in an infomercial. <laughs> and uh, the dream was realized. Gosh, this must have been about six, seven years ago. But... Um, uh, I used to, when I first moved to LA, I used to look at a lot of casting notices and stuff because I was pursuing acting. And then there was this one for an infomercial. This guy got in touch with me, and I think I could have been one of the people who like gives a testimonial, which was the ultimate dream. But um, but I was in Australia at the time they were shooting those, or I, or I wasn't going to. I was in Australia at the time. I would have had to like actually do the program. They actually wanted me to use the program, oh. so it was for better sleep in seven days. Oh. So yeah, I wasn't going to be able to do the program to like actually give a testimonial so um yeah so they said but we have other stuff like that you can do in it so you can still be in it and i was like great so after i got back i shot this other stuff so um we'll put the link up on the on the website dongtini.com but yeah it's better sleep in seven days so this scene of me like in a car and like nodding off at the wheel and then waking up like and then like driving away and then there's me tossing and turning in bed and then me sleeping comfy and happy at night but in the scene with the tossing and turning all these words are like all over the screen like yeah. mind chatter and right across my face it says low libido so- <laughs> I didn't notice that when I saw it yes they didn't tell me they were going to do that right on your face <laughs> right on my face so we'll put a link to that and when you go to youtube it like it lists the minutes i think i'll put it under the thing so the 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 actual times in the infomercial where you can see me living my dream of being in an infomercial well it combines the dvd and put it up (laughs) 
of being an infomercial and sleeping. It combined your two dreams. <laughs> exactly. Activities. I, I couldn't have been in a better intro to just, you know, praising a sleep program. So, yes, it really was very have. exciting. Well, it made yes. me want to buy that sleep program. I'll have you know. Oh, it did. <laughs> yeah, I want better sleep in seven days. I still have the discs for it somewhere, so maybe I could uh, copy those for you. I, I started to listen to it, and there was nothing soothing about it. Like, it what, sounded really? like a guy that hosts an infomercial talking. <laughs> Hi, welcome to the Better Sleep in Seven Days program. It was just like that. It's like, I don't want, I can't go to sleep listening to this fucking guy. I need someone with a soothing voice. Better sleep in seven days. That's what you need. You do. So exactly. I just like thought this is bullshit, but yeah, I just didn't even try. So anyway, so yeah, we'll have that treat for you. Um, now, following up from last week, uh, I talked about all these trash celebrities that I uh, choose to ign- ignore and uh, refrain from acknowledging at all. And uh, listener Eugene left a comment on on the uh, in, on the website saying to refer to that as Voldemorting, which I quite <laughs> liked because uh, for any Harry Potter people, you know that Voldemort is he who shall not be named. You must not be named. So uh, yeah, if somebody starts talking about one of these people you say hey hey I, I, I can't talk about this I'm Voldemorting that person so <laughs> I quite I quite I quite liked that you know so I Voldemort's awesome. horrible characters so yeah I think it suits quite fine so thank you Eugene Voldemorting <laughs> and oh is that a Dongtacular vernacular oh. I think it might be Dongtacular oh, vernacular <laughs> yeah you had Eugene. one in a while we haven't yeah. you're right yes so this last week, I've been reading a lot of Jonathan Ames, and um, he's kind of a non-fiction writer. Well, I haven't read any of his fiction, if he writes any, but um, he has um, a few compilations of his short stories, and they're so good. Uh, I've just been cracking up. And so he's talking about, um, in this one story, um, taken from the collection, I Love You More Than You Know, he's talking about how he went to a festival in Amsterdam, and he was... Um, hanging out with David Sedaris there, actually. He was really excited about that. But he goes, Then Sedaris had to leave with his boyfriend, Hugh. And feeling lonely and mildly insane, I went to the red light district to go to this bar I had read about. I forget his exact name, but I think it was called the Banana Bar. I had read that women did depraved things with bananas in there, and I thought I should witness <laughs> such a thing at least once in my life. Hell yeah. Um, the joint had two levels, each with a bar. And the place was packed with drunk British fellows. The bars were actually stages, and on each bar there were five naked women handing out drinks from a squatting or sitting position. And so while they served drinks, men looked right into these nice ladies' vaginas. These women were all of a similar body type, big and voluptuous, with wide asses and pendulous breasts, shaved genitals, and shiny seal-like skin. They all seemed to be in their middle to late 30s, and it was a politically correct and diversified assembly. (laughs) In addition to serving drinks, the women performed a variety of lewd acts, each woman seeming to have a specialty. You could pay her to do her specialty, but the more economical thing to do was to purchase a five-act performance, engaging all the women for 75 euros, and I lucked out when the group of Brits, just as I arrived, bought their pal Alan the package deal since it was his 50th birthday. Act one was that Alan got to massage the black lady, rubbing moisturizer all over her body, ass, legs, and breasts. Act two was a dark-haired white woman who put whipped cream on her nipples and Alan was allowed to suck the cream off, and then she put whipped cream on her shaved groin and he lapped that up. The next gal, act three, put a dildo in her pussy and then she had Alan stand back from the bar and she shot the dildo out of her pussy and hit him in the chest. Wow! (laughs) 
<laughs> he picked the dildo off the floor and handed it back to her. She dipped it in a bucket of in a bucket of water to clean it, and then she reloaded the dildo and shot him again. And this happened several <laughs> times while his friends cheered and laughed. It reminded me of this game we used to play in high school where we kicked little paper footballs at each other across cafeteria lunch tables. <laughs> <laughs> then came act four the banana the piece de resistance I'm saying that all wrong um, this nice Asian woman put a condom on a banana for sanitary reasons I guess and then began to put the banana in herself from various positions giving a whole new meaning to the phrase banana split then she lay back on the bar holding the, the banana with her vagina so it stuck out of her and rolled down the loose ends of the condom and peeled the banana back about halfway. This done, she took a knife, and with a quick flick of her wrist, she sculpted a penile head on the banana. Then she put a dollop of whipped cream on the head of the banana slash penis and made Alan give her a blowjob, which he did, and then made him eat the banana out of her, which he also did. This homoerotic twist of him playing a fruit while eating a fruit was rather ingenious. Act 5 was another Asian woman who was a little younger than the rest, maybe in her late 20s, and she squatted over the bar, put a pen in her vagina, and then placed a postcard, a picture of the banana bar, beneath herself on a block of wood. Then, with her vagina and a slight sway of her hips, she wrote, Happy birthday, Alan. (laughs) (laughs) I leaned in and was quite impressed with the girl's penmanship. (laughs) The end. Wow. That's a literary tongue to feather there was. (laughs) (sighs) amazing uh, I've heard I feel like I've heard of that but maybe I just I, heard of something random in, in the red light I can assure you I have not <laughs> <laughs> have you, have you been to Amsterdam s- you have though haven't you I have I have I was so I didn't I, I went there and I knew about the pot but I didn't really know about the um, all the prostitution there mm-hmm. so like we're walking down the street and I was like oh there's a naked lady in the window <laughs> <laughs> Like I just didn't realize that they're just they're like shops. It's like shop windows, but the ladies just stand, hang out in their window, and then you go in and they close the curtains, and you know, magic happens. Amazing. So um, yeah, I was a bit, I was a bit, yeah. Oh, and there's like a marble dong there. That's right, with like a. Really? I think the balls. It's like it's like a like a sort of a fountain, so that the, the the I think the balls kind of roll with the um, the marble wow. balls roll with the water. Yeah, I took a picture of that. Yeah, it's a it's a wacky place, but uh, yeah, <laughs> it was a long time ago. So yeah, but I did not go to the banana bar, but I definitely would want to next time. I would want to too. Maybe a kind, benevolent listener who's independently wealthy will send us to the banana bar in honor of Dongdini. <laughs> yeah, well, there, I remember now there are a lot of people coming out and offering you like you know deals to go in and see their sex shows and I think there's something with a snake offered to us. We nearly went in to see one of them because, you know, there's just so many and they were fascinating, but then we just kind of, it just seemed too expensive, but I think now it's budget for that. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, so fascinating. Thank you for Can't sharing imagine. that. Brills. Yeah. So I guess that about wraps wraps things up for this episode. Um, go to dongtini.com to see Simone's infomercial and other various treats yes. about what we were talking about today, which I've already forgotten. <laughs> and, <laughs> and call the dong line. It's 323-301-DONG. Dong is in Wiener. <laughs> and until next time, bye, Simone. Bye, Stephanie. Bye. bye.
This podcast operates independently in partnership with FeralAudio.com, an artist-friendly podcast collective. This artist reserves the rights to their materials. Visit FeralAudio.com for other original shows and learn about our community of artists that help make this collective possible. Thank you for listening to this podcast.